On today's show, Giannis finally wins a game in the NBA Finals. Where is he now in the NBA? And what do you need to win a Finals game? Is he Batman, Robin, or is he the Joker? He's Aquaman. <laughs> Don't disgrace Giannis like that. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. in back of our theater with Dallas Mavericks owner and Shark Tank Barracuda, Mark Cuban. <laughs> Thanks for being here today, Mark. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator from the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The finals fiend, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Okay, so big weekend because my two-year-old, who's about to turn three, oh. became obsessed with Space Jam. So, oh, yes. you want to slam? Oh my gosh, you, you don't even jam. know. I'm I've been, I'm so proud right now because my so my wife was gone on a girls trip uh, out of town in Nashville, so it was just me and the kids this weekend. And I'm like, you know what? Like, let's let's try Space Jam out. Is he too young? Don't know. Is it too scary with the monster? Don't know. Don't care. We're going to try. <laughs> and I have a like a legitimate Space Jam uh, Toon Squad, Squad. Uh, jersey and shorts and everything. And did he wear that for like two days the whole time my wife was gone? Possibly. <laughs> uh, because he didn't want to take wore it off. yours that was like way too big for him. Yes, but it was mine as a <laughs> as a little kid. Okay, and uh, so yeah, we I mean just Space Jam. All we watched it multiple times. I told my wife she got home yesterday, and I was like, we watched it three times. You watched Space Jam three times. <laughs> uh, but anyway, my Mavs tie into this I, because I've just been Space Jammed out all weekend, and it's mm. amazing. And there's only one Space Jam I like that we don't really recognize the new one coming out. That's because it and, hasn't happened yet. I know, but we don't recognize. Why? That. Why do you speak for me like that? We, is the, the movie has not even happened yet. I said we, as in like my family. My royal family we. does not recognize re- recognize a new like spinoff. <laughs> we Casa de Harris. But there is a sighting that I did not know. I forgot. Derek Harper is in the original Space Jam when oh, they go for the Knicks. <laughs> yes, when they go to take the powers from yeah. Patrick Ewing, Derek Harper is in the scene and he's like dribbling, laughing, and looking at uh, Ewing and stuff. And I had to explain to my wife because we watched it again <laughs> as my wife uh, got home, and I was like, "That's Derek Harper, like harp." She's like, "Harp on the Mavs broadcast, harp, like big harp." Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Yeah." When Space Jam comes out, we should have harp on and just just ask him about that. That's yes, it, let's just all talk about you know, Space Jam. <laughs> what you remember about Space Jam. Uh, all right, on today's show, we are going to get into uh, talking about the finals. Luca, what does he ha- What does he need to get to the finals and to do what Giannis just did? Because that was an incredible game from Giannis. One of those games where you're like, dang, this guy is another like on another level and can do things like barely anybody else in the NBA can do. And so we're going to talk about that. We'll also... Talk about our Locked On NBA Mock Draft. This is the fifth annual Locked On NBA Mock Draft that we've been a part of. We're not going to tell you the results or anything like that if we got back into the first round. But we had a lot of trade talks this past weekend with a lot of teams and a lot of hosts that represent teams across the league about 
Porzingis and things like that. And so what could the Mavericks do? How could they get back into the draft? So we'll get into that a little bit more. Uh, and then Luca, Luca silently, quietly came out with a new logo. We got to see that. We got to yeah. talk about it. Uh, get into some stupid topics later in the show. All right. The NBA Finals. So Giannis, 40-point game. Another 40-point game for Giannis, by the way, in the Finals. You want to guess how many players have had two 40-point games in a single finals? Uh, five. More. Seven. You want to start throwing some names out? Um, LeBron, Jordan. LeBron, Jordan. Wilt, Kareem. Wilt has not. Kareem has not. He actually only did one. Uh, I got the list up here on YouTube if you're watching us on YouTube. Michael Jordan, four games in the NBA Finals. He scored 40 points in 93. Go Jerry stuff. West, also four games in the 869 Finals. Rick Barry, three times. LeBron James, three times. Shaq, Elgin Baylor, LeBron again. Dwayne Wade in 06. We don't remember those. Jerry West, yeah. twice in 66 and 65. And now Giannis. Like Those are the only players to score 40 in a single Finals twice. Little arbitrary number, but still like an incredible feat. Yeah, I mean, I could put up forty points in 06 if I had ninety something free throws uh, <laughs> in the finals. I could be on this list right here. So, not, but we're but not no. still thinking about it. <laughs> uh, but no, for Giannis, man, I'm so happy for him because you know he. Here's the thing: I think it it swings so far with Giannis because he loses the first two games of the finals. Everybody's like, oh, he sucks. Like he can't do this or that. He has these women. I don't know. I think it wasn't about him. I think it was more about there was Drew Holiday hate, Chris Middleton hate. I didn't see a lot of like Giannis hate. There was some leading up to the finals, like he's a Robin, that kind of stuff. But the the people saying he's a Robin are not necessarily like reputable, like NBA people, right? Well, so, but here's the (laughs) thing. I think you can have, there's a middle ground that we, we never want to recognize middle ground when it comes to debates, but it's either, hey, Giannis is not a Batman, or it's the other side right now after the Bucks have this huge win, and the and now it's, okay, put respect on Giannis's name. Yeah, it's like, right. okay, well, we can respect Giannis's name and recognize he's one of the best players in the league, but also sit back and say, I would take a handful of guys over him in the fi- in a finals game or a game seven too because he still lacks the step back jump shot and all of that. So once again, Giannis looks amazing. And I, I don't want this to come across as like anti-Giannis thing. He looks amazing when they're up by 20 and it's a, a full game type of thing. Where, it, where he lacks the moment is whenever it's a close game, clutch moment, three or four minutes ago, and it's like Giannis, get me a bucket, and that's where it's Middleton and Holiday, and that's when kind of the criticism comes in and all that stuff. So I think we can recognize how great Giannis is, but also say like I don't think Giannis is the best player in the league. I don't even think he's top three, maybe top four. I don't I don't know where I put him. So that's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, and if he's playing defense like he was in this game, I mean he's probably you know he's probably not in that in that top three, top five, right? Like the defense, I think really takes him to another level that he can just yeah. do things that no one else can. But he, he was pretty limited on defense in this game as well, still because of that injury, which makes what he did like kind of amazing, but yeah. 41 points for Giannis, 13 boards, six assists, uh, 13 of 17 from the free throw line. He attempted more free throws than the entire Suns team, which some people will look back and Suns fans, I guess will look back and be like, Scott Foster screwed it. But I think it was more just, Giannis was attacking, man. He was not scared. He just went in over and over again, was getting offensive boards, was getting fouled, was just going over and over again. And finally, this Bucks team gets a Drew Holiday game. 
that they desperately needed. 21 points for him, nine assists. He was five of 10 from three, got a little hot there in the middle of the game. He was plus 22. Giannis was plus 20. Bobby Portis, Bob, Bob, Bob. They kept chanting Bobby in Milwaukee. He was a plus 19. Everyone else, uh, PJ Tucker was plus 12. Everyone else was single digits positive for the Bucs. So those are your big contributors there in that big run that they made. The the coolest thing for me about Giannis right now is his his mental aspect of the game because I was listening to Rosillo and Was on Rosillo's pod uh, I guess a few days ago and they were talking about they're honestly relating him to Ben Simmons and how Ben Simmons should be watching Giannis right now and it wasn't that like hey Ben Simmons can be Giannis but Was was making this great point I'm saying. It's it's because like look at Giannis's mentality of how he's not letting the moment get to him. He's not letting the the you know 10 second chance and yep. airball and free throws and all this stuff. He knows for his team to be hit the ceiling that his team can hit, he has to be aggressive. And I think that's the most impressive thing about Giannis to me right now is I mean, it's crazy hearing the tin chant when he's you know, like at the free throw line and all. Did this. you see did you see I think it was the Suns or I think the Athletic then retweeted it. Uh, that there was a bunch of Suns fans in Phoenix Suns Arena watching the video, and they were counting the ten, w- watching the like the video <laughs> broadcast of the finals game when the game was in Milwaukee. Like, man, they're just they're still stuck on that. Yeah, and it's like he like he shot. Mul- I've seen multiple air balls these playoffs, but he keeps on going, and he he knows he has to stay aggressive. And it's like it's not getting to his head. And I think that's the you see like this the totally different mental mindsets I've ever seen. You can really see it was all in Ben Simmons' head whenever they got put out of just where he was at, you know, confidence wise and everything. And to see Giannis and how he's approaching that and just embracing that, knowing that he's gonna have moments where he shoots an air ball and it's really embarrassing yeah. and the crowd's gonna give it to him and it's gonna suck. But he keeps on doing it. And I think that's where Giannis has grown the most. And I, yeah, I can't praise him enough for that. He, he's incredible. I love watching that guy. And I'm excited for, uh, I think, Marin. Is it Marin Fader? Marin Fader, yeah. I, I'm excited for her new book. I don't get super excited about sports books because I read a lot of other stuff outside of sports. That's why I spend my reading time on. But I'm, I'm pre-ordering that book and I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, she got a shout out from Mike Breen. That's pretty cool. That's really cool. That's really cool. All right, coming up, let's talk about how this relates to the Mavericks and team building. We'll talk about some of the trades we attempted to make in a mock draft. What do you need to go to the finals to win a finals game? We'll get into that. But before we do, got to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar. Tastes like a candy bar. They're absolutely delicious. This week only, Grasshopper Cookie. I don't know if it's still available. You might have to go check. Go to BuiltBar.com. If you get some, use the promo code LOCKED15. If it's not there, there's still a bunch of flavors that are really good. Cherry Barcia, Raspberry. The orange. I like orange. If you like orange and chocolate, that's sort of a flavor that, like a flavor combination some people like. If you really like that, then this orange bar is really good for you. It's covered in 100% chocolate. They're really good. Somewhere between 17 and 18 grams of protein. They range from 130 to 180 calories. Only 4 or 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Absolutely incredible for a bar. Go get you some. Built Bar. Use the promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. All right, Isaac, let's get into some uh, talk about the finals. So I've been thinking about this Suns roster a lot, and I guess the Bucks roster, but I think the Mavs sort of compare to the Suns roster a lot more because uh, Luka kind of plays some of Chris Paul and some of Devin Booker's role for the Mavericks. And so you're trying to kind of put together what would a roster have to look like around Luka that could get to the finals, that could win a finals. And to me, it's like, you just have to have at least one solid five-man rock like lineup, right? Just at least one where there are no holes on defense necessarily, 
and you have a couple positive defenders, and then you have one to two, two or three, I guess, all world like offensive players. Uh, and so, or they can at least get there at any given point. And so I started to think about that more and I was thinking, okay, what do the Mavs have to do to get to a place like that? Uh, and so I was thinking about some of our trades that we tried to make and how the Mavs can get there. Like, can the Mavs get there trading Kristaps Porzingis away? <laughs> right. Or do they mm-hmm. have to? Well, because we tried to trade Kristaps a lot over this offseason or this mock trade deadline just to see what people would do. Yeah. Well, okay. So we look at Phoenix. One, they have two two you know ball handlers. They have two creators. I, I think that's important to note there mm-hmm. that it is such a like what a benefit it had you know to see Devin Booker on the bench and knowing that Chris Paul's running the offense or to give Chris Paul a break and it, they're running stuff through Devin Booker and it's like one you got to start there. It's like that's why we've been wanting another creator, another playmaker, another source of offense on the team. Then you have the doesn't Deion- have to be as good as Chris Paul or Devin Booker, right? Exactly for, for so the Mavs. You just have to have somebody else. But and let's just set DeAndre Ayton aside for a second. I think what makes some of these teams so good is you got to hit on some of these smaller contracts. And you look at Phoenix and saying campaign yeah. for everything with campaign. Campaign at one point nine million. You look at Cam Johnson at four million. You look at Mikel Bridges four million. Like. These are main guys in the rotation that, I mean, Cam, Cam, Cam Bain's coming off the bench. Cam Johnson's coming off the bench. Mikel Bridges, huge starter for them. 10th, 11th pick overall in that draft. So it's like you got to hit on either your draft picks or some of these guys in your rotation that you're spending $5 million or less on some of these. And, like, this is what we're talking about when it comes to, like, Dorian Finney-Smith. Torrey Craig down here at 1.6. Torrey Craig's playing, like, solid minutes for them. Like, I think Dorian Finney-Smith can be one of these guys, and he's getting paid like one of these guys. It's not like yeah. Dorian's getting paid $10 million a year. It's, you're not asking him on a salary standpoint to be Jay Crowder. You're asking him to be one of these guys, a campaign, a Tory Craig, something like that. Theoretically, salary cap-wise, that's what you're asking of him. Because of the roster construction, it's like you're elevating a campaign or a Tory Craig into that Jay Crowder spot. You're like, no, 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 no. That's what they've been doing with Dorian over the past few years. You just got to upgrade the front end of that roster so you can push Dorian, push the Maxis down a step. This is what we've been saying this whole time. So when you're looking at Phoenix, I think that's the stuff you're looking at Phoenix. For me, outside of their top, you know, their big three is they hit on some of these like solid rotation pieces, whether it's draft or free agency. And Dallas has to do that. Yeah, it makes this this roster, this Suns roster specifically, makes me look back at man, it's the second and third position in the rotation that the Mavericks really just yeah. sucked wind at this pass. It should have been Porzingis and Josh Richardson. It should have been those two guys. Yeah. Richardson should have stepped up into that role that he played in Miami a little bit, where he, he handled the ball a little bit, he shot it decently well, he was able to create a little bit, and then he played some solid defense, and he just did not do like any of those things, right? Like maybe played a, like a little bit of a solid defense, but, and then Porzingis was solid in a couple of, in a couple of games, but just that matchup against the Clippers, he just, he had a really hard time because he has a hard time getting defended by those long wings. And that's literally all they have in, in, in LA for the Clippers. And so it was those two positions, but you bring up a good point. You start thinking about some of the role players like Brunson. Can he be a campaign for the Mavs? Absolutely. Like, yeah. absolutely. I think he can. Can Tim Hardaway Jr. be, a little bit of some of that can can Maxi Kleba can Dorian Finney Smith yes like they have can Dwight Powell play a little bit of that like Dario Saric role you know or just at least be that type of guy sure he could be their backup center play like ten minutes a game for them if they need him to but the way the, way the roster's constructed is they've been elevating those guys to play twenty minutes or twenty five minutes yeah. and that's not what you want 
uh, especially when you're trying to win some games like this. Like, take Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton off this team. And then now you're running Chris Paul, Cam Johnson, Mikel Bridges, still a good team. Jay Crowder, you know, Torrey Craig. Uh, immediately it's like, okay, now these guys, now they're in the starting lineup. Now they're playing 30 plus minutes a night. And now you're looking at the Mavericks roster over the past few years. Right. And so that's why I have been very, very staunch on the idea that if they add Kyle Lowry and, and Miles Turner somehow to this team, boom, all of a sudden that's a, that's a, <laughs> that's a squad that looks a lot like this Suns lineup. Uh, it, Cause they'll have to get rid of Porzingis in, in some fashion to do that and all that, right? Like all of a sudden that roster looks a little bit like this Suns roster. Well, Kyle Lauer, Kyle Lauer is the main one in that, that it's like, Hey, let's do this. And, and you, you mentioned Porzingis. So Nick, a little bit ago, mentioned this mock draft. Now, when we talk about these fake trades, this is purely in the form of this mock draft we do on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Every single year, we have a lot of fun with it. If you've been listening to the pod, we've been, I mean, we've had a lot of fun as far as running the Mavericks over the past few years. In we've, this. we've made a trade every single year, and how it works is each host of the of a Lockdown Podcast, so like Lockdown Mavs, Lockdown Rockets, Lockdown Pistons, all represents their team. We're the GMs of that team for this weekend, and we make the picks, we make the trades. We, we've made a trade every single year until this year. We finally hit it, hit a wall where we're like, man, we just don't see a trade specifically built around the draft. We could have made yeah. a trade for something else. We even tried some stuff with the, the, the Kings that doesn't necessarily involve the draft, but uh, we couldn't find one to get us back into the draft specifically. Well, that yeah, and for us, like we we really operate these teams like how we feel like they would in real life too. Like we're not just going to throw stuff out there because one, we put all this stuff out on social media and we don't, <laughs> don't look stupid. Uh, but, but also it's like, we really want to be realistic with it too. So we wanted, we thought about trying to trade into this draft. We talked to a bunch of hosts slash teams about like, Hey, what would it take for the Mavericks to move in? But a lot of the teams are saying, Hey, well, we want a future first. And it's like, that's the, that's just the non-starter for me as far as giving up one of these, long-term future first because I think Dallas is this is one of the only assets that they have going into this offseason whenever it's like one of these far off firsts that they can put in a trade and it's like unless it's going to be a high impact like win now type of rotation piece I don't think Dallas does that I don't think Dallas gives up a future first just to get in the first round for instance we talked to OKC's host Ryland Styles. he you know OKC has a couple different picks in there and it's like First off, it started off with, hey, what about Ty Terry and a future first for like pick 18? And it's like, okay, for the fun of it, for the draft, sure, we could do that and have fun with it and talk about the draft. But I don't think Dallas does that. Like, no, take Tyrell Terry out of it. I don't think Dallas does that because they're not going to, I don't think they're trading in for the 18th pick overall for a guy who might not even be in the rotation and giving up a future first that can help him in a bigger package. Now, we had a, a, an advanced talk of that, of, and this is where listeners can get involved, is how you think. What if OKC said, we'll give you Kimba Walker in 16 for Porzingis? And it's like, ooh, okay. Thought about it for a second. It's like, all right, you get the first round. You get another Josh Green type of swing at it. And then you're swapping out Porzingis and Kimba. Ultimately, we said no on that. We don't think that. Now, there could be people listening to the podcast right now. Being like, oh, my gosh. Why would it's you split. not do It's half down the yeah. middle that are like, good move. Good, good job not doing that. The other half are like, are you guys serious? You could have got Kimba? And a pick. Yeah, so we talked to different hosts throughout the you know, throughout this draft thing about kind of gauging the hosts' like 
um, opinion on Kristaps Porzingis. The one, the one deal we actually put out there was to the Kings of saying, all right, the Kings have a top 10 pick. It's at like nine or 10, I think. And we actually put it, he, he put, we have a whole Excel thing with all the things of all the hosts. And we put like what you're looking for and needs. And we put out there of saying, cause he said, Hey, we're dealing buddy and all this stuff. And we're like, all right. We approached the Kings and said, what about Harrison Barnes, Bagley, and nine for Porzingis? It's like, let's just go ahead and swing for it. Let's see how bad like you would swing for KP. They ultimately obviously said no on that. We tried, well, Then we tried to add Josh Green to that, and then we tried to take no, the number nine pick away, and we're like, all right, KP and Josh Green for Bagley and Barnes. And I think he turned that one down too. Yeah, that that one is interesting to me. Um, one, I just uh, y'all know I love HB, and what would HB – yeah, how would HB fit on this team? And-, and some of our thoughts is you get off of the money of Porzingis as well, right? Harrison Barnes' contract is this year, and then I think there's one more year coming up. And then Bagley, he's the same as Luca, and so he'll have a big restricted free agency season coming up. And we'll have to, they'd have to decide what to do with him. But I thought it was an interesting move because I think the Mavs can unlock Bagley a little bit more than the Kings have. Harrison Barnes has come back, and he would fill a role the Mavs really, really need right now. It would open up the the open up room for the Mavericks to get a traditional center that I think would work better with Luca and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you know, yeah, I think somebody's going to swing low for Bagley and turn him into something. I don't know if he'll be like Aiton, you know, Trey Luca type thing, but yeah. I think it'll be better than what he is now. Briefly reached out to the Warriors. Like how, how does the Warriors feel about anything? Wiggins, any of their, their picks, uh, Wes Goldberg said the Warriors really like Wiggins. When I talked to him about that, I'm like, all right, sweet, move on. Um, the one smaller one that I threw out there, not including KP and I threw it to Nick. I actually talked to the Kamenetsky brother. I forget which one they run together. In my Andy head. and Brian, well, uh, prob- and probably Andy It's like, if they want to get off the long-term money of KCP mm. and they want, and they use that first round pick, what would they think about? And this is obviously included a, a opt-in from Josh Richardson, but Josh Richardson and Josh green for KCP in 22. Opens up long-term money for them after this year. You're swapping out KCP for Josh Richardson, and you have Josh Green on the contract for a couple years, whatever. And Richardson would have to pick up that option. Yes, he would obviously opt into that, which I think he would if he knew he's going to go to the Lakers. And if you're Dallas, KCP is an upgrade over Josh Richardson. I think he <laughs> pl- he plays on this team, and then you get a swing at you know another Josh Green type of player at pick twenty-two. Yeah, that one's pretty. They said so the, no. the Lakers turned it down because, yeah, value wise, it doesn't really mess, necessarily make sense. For sure, for sure. For them. Uh, coming up, let's talk about what maybe this roster needs, and then we'll get into a couple of newsy things coming up. A uh, bunch of stuff coming up this week. This week is going to be huge for the podcast, so we'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, got to tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is a pro is a uh, the fastest and easiest way to put some money down on sports. If you want to put some money on the finals, let's see if the odds have changed now. We went, and it was minus 475 for the Suns to win the series. Now, to win the series, Suns minus 245. Dropped, completely dropped from minus 475 to minus 245. So the Suns, still pretty big favorite there, but not as big as minus 475. Also, if you want to bet individual games, you can do that. The Bucks four-point favorite. For game four, that one's Ooh. fascinating. They Ooh. think that the bet online thinks that the tide has turned for the Suns and the Bucks. So if Scott you disagree Foster with that, that if you disagree with that, go ahead, go to betonline.ag, use the promo code lockdown, get a 50% welcome bonus to your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Isaac Harris. So we've kind of been talking about 
the finals and trading and what what the Mavericks would need to do. Last thing I want to do want to talk about on this is do the Mavericks need to trade KP in order to get to that place that the Suns are, the Bucks are, the Lakers were last year, the Heat were the year before. Like do they have to do that? It's a huge question. It's probably its own pod in and of itself, but just watching the finals right now, what's your thoughts on do they need to trade Porzingis or move him in some way to get there? I mean, that's such a hard question. I I don't think KP is your number two. That's the that's the thing. It's like you, if you're telling me they go out right now and they get a a, a solid, clear number two option, and KP's bought into the number three, then I think we can have that conversation. But some, and then it's also like recency bias too. Like the last time we saw Porzingis on the floor, he was just asked to stand in the corner. He struggled defensively at times. He hustled a lot in those last few games of the series, but. It's like he was standing, you know, we saw what he did offensively. So <laughs> struggle, struggling doesn't mean he didn't try, right? Like we're not trying yeah. to trash his, the, the effort that he put in and all that kind of stuff, but struggle to struggled, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> for sure. So I think that combination with like where the roster's at, it's just so hard to answer that question because even if you like, even if you say yes to that question say, yeah, they need a trading. What are you trading him for right now? Like whatever you trade him for it's probably not going to be a clear number two option. So you're still going to have the same question of before you traded him of, all right, where's our number two option? So that's, I don't know if it hinges on trading or not trading KP. I think it, it's all this stuff around KP right now. I'm curious to, to think about the roster like this. Is KP their only avenue to get that player, right? Can they get it with this cap space this offseason? Can they keep enough players plus using that cap space to, you know, to get a roster, to make a roster that's going to be that good. That's what's interesting to me. Does he have to be the tool that's used, that contract and, and that player, that potential eventually to get to that point? That's what I'm interested in. I think I think no for this offseason. After this one, it gets tricky. Because right. it like but my they thing could, is the trade deadline. Yeah, I mean they could go out right now. I mean they could go out in free agency in a month and sign Demar Derozan, which we did a whole Derozan pod last week. Go listen to it if you want to hear all of our thoughts about Derozan. If they sign Demar Derozan, he's the clear number two, right? Like in my mind, he is. Yeah, on offense for sure. On offense, so in so in that case, the pressure on what is happening with Porzingis isn't like isn't as big because you have a clear number two at that point. That's what they need. So. I think if you don't land a Lowry, DeRozan, whoever it is this offseason, and it's just some smaller pieces, then yes, I think that's the answer to your question of, okay, well, then then all roads point towards Porzingis and his spot on the roster. That's going to be the key to whoever that next person is. Let us know in the comments what you think about that. I'm curious what people think. Do the Mavericks need to move on from Chris Ops Porzingis in order to make the finals or to make a finals run? I think that'll be pretty interesting answer for everybody all right couple of newsy things now a bunch of stuff is happening uh the orlando magic have officially hired jamal mosley as their head coach four-year deal for mose uh mark cuban tweeted congratulations to him luca tweeted congratulations to him a bunch of players were excited about it uh jj reddick tweeted about him a lot of players were excited luca did, about like him. you said a lot of players yeah. were excited about it and excited for Jamal Mosley. We talked about this a little bit the other day, but if you didn't listen, we're excited for Mosley. This is the right spot for him, I think. If it wasn't going to be the Mavericks, then a young team he can grow with and he can connect with some of these guys, especially some of these real young guys, the RJ Hamptons, the Cole Anthonys, the, uh, you know, all those guys over there that he's going to connect with. I think that's going to be really, really good for him. Um, Probably excited. has better job security, right? I mean, in, yeah, right. we talked about the, the, the expectations of if he stayed in Dallas was – 
you got to win now. Like you step in day one, your first day as the full-time head coach is your number one goal is to make it to the second round of the playoffs. Like for the magic, you're like developing guys. Like you have a longer leash there. So like that's, I'm happy for him. If he's not going to be in Dallas because selfishly wanting him to stay here, then uh, I'm so happy for him to be in Orlando. Like even Jacques Vaughn got like two and a half years. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, that that's some job security right there. And that was, I mean, when he was the coach, they were winning 20, 23 and 25 games. And it adds a couple other, season. a couple of Eastern conference scenes. We can like circle on a calendar. Like we can circle yeah. the magic game now, but you know, Luke is going to perform against Mosley. They're going to talk their smack to each other, have fun. Uh, we're already circling Indiana and I'm yeah. going to circle Indiana, Orlando now. That's going to yeah, be right. fun. So, uh, yeah. Anyway. So that is, was officially announced. The Mavericks presser for Jason Kidd and Nico Harrison will be on Thursday. Uh, it may be in person. We may be there. We may not be. So hopefully we'll, we'll definitely have some audio for you and share all of our thoughts from it. We'll attend it somehow, whether it's virtually or in person, hopefully it's in person. That'd be awesome. But that will happen on Thursday. Just quick thoughts. What are you expecting from that? And why should people tune in to listen to us after that day? Oh, yeah, I'm just I'm excited to hear from everyone. I'm excited to hear from Nico. Um, You know, I think um, Sam Marshall, you know, talked in the Dallas Morning News that, you know, Jason uh, Kidd is, you know, wants to speak on his past and how he's gotten better as a person off the court. And I'm really curious on to hear what he has to say and how I mean, we all seen what happened in Portland. We've seen the whole thing with Billups, and he's like, all right, here's how you don't do uh, introductory <laughs> press conferences. And it sounds yeah. like the Mavericks are going to be the opposite of that, and that Jason Kidd's going to talk about that and kind of explain himself and talk and all that stuff. So I'm just really curious what he says in that presser. I'm excited to see Nico. Like, I've seen Nico at a few yeah. games here and there on the court before games, but it's been a few years before COVID. So I've never, like, I want to hear from him and get to meet him, shake his hand and stuff. So I'm, a, yeah, I, I'm excited to meet Nico for sure. Yeah, you'll need to listen and check in back with us on YouTube, on the the podcast and all that. Last thing that we're going to talk about here, Luka Doncic releases a new logo secretly on this new PE. Isaac, explain to everyone Mm. what this means. This is a signature shoe, right? Like, no, No. it's not necessarily. So what is this? Yeah, so we had Nick DiPaolo on the other day, which go listen to that if you love shoes, everything. He talked about Nico. He was like, he was the first guy I thought about when they hired Nico Harrison from Nike. I'm like, oh, Nick DePaul is the guy who can tell us all about Nico. So go listen to that part if you haven't. But so this is, yeah, this is Jordan 36. Obviously, they've been wearing the Jordan 35s a lot last year. This 36 is coming out. Player exclusive is when a player takes one of these shoes like the Jordan 35, Jordan 36, puts their own logo on the shoe. And it's like they have their own unique colorways and stuff. So this is a really cool, I, I like I would buy this shoe so fast right now if I could get my <laughs> I hands. like this shoe too. I love this shoe. But this is the first we've seen of this logo. So a lot of, you know, a lot of players put their logo on the tongues of shoes and stuff. So, uh, you know, Dirk had his logo for years. So like Dirk would have PEs of hyperdunks and he would put his logo on the tongue. So this is similar to that because, you know, Luca isn't a signature athlete yet. Hopefully one day he is, then the whole shoe is, you know, a signature shoe. But yeah, so you're going to see multiple players wear the 36. Like you'll see Jason Tatum have his logo maybe in the similar spot as Luca's right here wearing the 36s next year. A couple other players, Rui, whoever. So, I, but this is the first time we've seen this logo. We've seen the vertical Luca logo that he's used for so long. So to see this was a surprise to me. And I, I actually really like it. I love the, you know, the upside down seven 
uh, both the sevens on this, but it's also, you can see the L and the D in that too at the same time. I like the placement of the logo. You don't see many logos there on top of the laces. And I'm, yeah, I'm all about this, man. I love his, it. His logo is not the basketball man jumping, right? It's the other one. The what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like this logo. It's, it sort of feels like an infinity logo a little bit to me too, right? There's something about like the... Like it just keeps going and you can see it like wrapping around like this. But yeah, there's the two sevens. You can see it. There's sort of like an L and a D you can kind of make out in that too. I like yeah. this logo. And th like you said, this shoe, uh, this shoe is, is an awesome looking shoe. Just the little details in it, uh, all kinds of stuff. This is, uh, this is from shoe collector. So you can go check out that article. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty cool. Super nice. 36, 36 shoes on the, so, okay, to, to answer a bunch of people's questions that are probably in the chat right now, uh, can you buy these? Will we be able to not, buy these? Not yet. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what they like launch and come out with. But now that I mean, this is, uh, yeah, a lot of you listen to this uh, on Monday. The first time I ever seen this shoe was on Sunday. So here we go. I mean, I'm really curious. And whenever they do launch, you know, like they did those, you know, those ones a while back last year. I mean, they, those things flew off the shelves. So it should be a telling thing to Jordan that, Okay, some Luca stuff is selling. <laughs> if they do do like a launch and stuff for like a shoe like this or another, you know, colorway of Lucas, I'll be really curious to see how 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 fast they sell and stuff. And yeah, that'll be encouraging. There you go, guys. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We will be back all this week with all kinds of stuff. Again, the presser is on Thursday for Nico Harrison and Jason Kidd. Check back in with us then. But listen, every single day this week, because we'll be doing free agency primers, free agency profiles. We'll do trade topics, all kinds of stuff on Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. As the Mavs owner, do you ever get a chance to go down to American Airlines Arena and practice your free throws? Yeah, all the time. Okay. Do really? Yeah, before games, I love to get out there. Okay, That's the so, part. so this should be easy then? I hope so. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, good luck. Uh, oh, did, did I forget to mention that this is no ordinary three-point shot?